Hello everybody and welcome to Lessons from the Top, a program that aims to give young people like us a clear vision of the challenges ahead based on the lessons and experiences of successful people. We hope that our program will contribute to giving you the means to realize your dreams and to accomplish your professional life. Today, we are honored to have with us the Canadian Senator Tony Lafredo, a distinguished figure with over 35 years of expertise in the financial industry. Mr. Lafredo presently holds sorry, esteemed positions on several Senate committees and working groups, including the National Finance Committee and the Committee on Banking, Trade and the Economy. Prior to his appointment, he held top executive roles at RBC and served on various boards and committees. Senator Lafreda is renowned for his philanthropic activities, having chaired fundraising initiatives for various causes. He is a sought-after speaker on topics related to economic and community issues and has been conferred to numerous accolades and honors for his contributions to society. So, first of all, how are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing very well, and thank you for that. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a long intro, so it gives away my age a little bit. <laughs> especially so, the 35 years especially the 35 years of financial industry experience right so you can uh, i'm uh, but i but i feel young being with you guys today and i'm honored and privileged to be here on this podcast i'm doing well thank you we're yeah, honored to have you here uh, like george was going to say sorry for that um so can you tell me a little bit more about yourself what projects are you working on and what occupies your time as of late well before coming to the senate i was uh, on 21 boards and uh, a leading philanthropist. Now, when I became a senator, I said, I'll concentrate on one thing, that's being a senator. So I'm strictly, strictly, strictly at the Senate, being a senator, uh, being present, being there, uh, reviewing legislation. Uh, and, and, and senators don't just review legislation and, and approve legislation, they amend legislation, introduce legislation. So I've introduced a bill lately to nominate the month of March as Hellenic Heritage Month. That's the month of March across Canada. That's one of the bills I introduced just a few weeks ago in the Senate. I am the legislative lead and the main sponsor of the Budget Implementation Act, which is going to come through the Senate in a few weeks, the Budget Implementation Act 2023. So working on that. And I've just been nominated, acclaimed actually, voted acclaimed chair or president of the uh, Interparliamentary Group on the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. I just got back from Washington on a very interesting, interesting conference, a one week long conference. So these are, and there's many other projects I'm working on obviously, but uh, these are the, the, the more important ones that come to mind, uh, that come to mind now. The Budget Implementation Act, it's going to be key. The uh, the bill that I did introduce in the Senate, and as I said, senators can introduce bills, and I did introduce the bill of nominating or naming the month of March as Hellenic Heritage Month. And the World Bank and IMF, there's huge challenges there going forward, uh, along with various communi community events I still attend, but I, I attend at this point as an honorary guest. I make a personal donation. I'm an honorary guest, and you'll see sometimes there's an event where they will mention Senator Lofredo was there as an honorary guest. And I think it's important. It's important not to lead the philanthropic events like I used to because senators are not allowed. They're not allowed to raise money, raise funds for any cause. But it's important to be there, to share a voice, share, share a word, tell the people what we're up to, hear the people. I always say a good call is 80% listening, 80% listening. So you must go there. You must listen to what the people are saying, and only then can you properly legislate. So it's important to be out there, be with the people, be engaged, care, because 
everybody always says, and I've heard it many times before, care is important. There's a saying that says, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I care about Canadians. This is why we're out there, we're listening, and we're doing what we're doing. Thank you, uh, Mr. Lafreda, for that. That's an amazing quote, actually. Um, so, um, how do you, you know, how do you manage your time on 21 boards at the same time? I, I assume that must be like a, a really daunting or time-consuming job. That was before I got to the Senate. When I got to the Senate, I resigned from each and every board. I'm only a senator, no boards. Uh, I, I, I'm honorary patron for a few initiatives. Uh, I can name them, but a few initiatives that I still am honorary patron for but not on the board, obviously. And how do you manage? I think time, you have to be efficient with your time. And let's face it, it's putting in the hours, putting in the time. It's uh, it's long days, uh, long weekends that you're working on the weekend. Uh, this is what it is. There's no secret to it. It's just hour, hour after hour. So people will say, how did you do that for so long? And it's passion. And, you know, and and in French, there's a saying that's, that says, and I, I, I'm the one that said it the most because one of the banks uh, copied me and put it as a slogan, c'est la passion qui fait la différence. Mm. It's passion that will make the difference. And so you have to be passionate about you, what you do. And many times I hear the young people today say, I want to do what I'm, what I'm passionate about. I want to, you know, get into a profession which I truly enjoy. Important. But you have to be passionate about what you're doing. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, you will develop that. You, you have to develop a passion for what you're doing. You have to like what you're doing. And sometimes, you know, my passion when I was a youngster was, I wanted to be the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. You know, I mean, uh, I felt, hey, hockey's a passion. I can do it. I, I know the game. And, you know, as a youngster now, or make the NHL for that matter, be a professional hockey player. Well, we didn't have the talent to be a professional hockey player let alone to be coach. I mean, Toe Blake, I admired him cup after cup after cup when I was such a, such a, a toddler. But you realize, and I'm using that as an example, you realize as you get older and you move on in school that, hey, where can I get a job? Where can I make a contribution? What can I do that I will enjoy and that I can develop a passion for long-term and really be good at it? Because in order to be good at something, you have to be passionate about it. And uh, I've done, you know, I, I've done things that I've developed a huge passion for and never counted the hours. So the 21 boards, you know, each board meets meets once a month and uh, sometimes some boards meet on a quarterly basis. So calculate those 21 nights into either your two or three months going forward and, and you're booked there. Then calculate your philanthropic events, calculate your, your evenings that you have to, you know, motivate and, and, and team build or dream build, like we say. And uh, you're busy every night. You're busy every night and every weekend. So you have to be passionate about what you're doing. That's key. Yeah. And do you think young people should try and go on boards like you did uh, a lot? Or, you know, should they avoid it? What I can give advice with respect to young people or anybody is do what you know. Do what you're good at. Talk about what you know. I think trust is not, I think, I know that trust is the currency of every relationship. People have to trust you. In order for people to trust you, you have to be credible. In order to be credible, you have to know what you're talking about. And in order to know what you're talking about, you, you have to put in the hours, the experience, the practice, 
you have to have the, the hands-on experience, not just the textbook experience, the hands-on experience. So yes, it's important to be on a board. And I can mention, you can see in my bio which boards I was on, the very few that I mentioned. But you have to be able to contribute to those boards, not just go on the boards to talk to talk. And, and we can all talk, but what can you contribute to, to a hospital board? What can you contribute to a university board? What can you contribute to a chamber of commerce? What can you contribute to, you know, to different boards that you will sit on? And, and you have to be able to contribute. And that's where your credibility, the trust comes in. Trust is the currency of every relationship. You have to be credible. In order to be credible, you have to be trusted. In order to be trusted, you have to know what you're talking about at all times. You have to know, you have to have that experience. And, and you know, at one point when you have the 35 years or even 30 or 25 or 20, that experience accumulates, especially if you're putting in 15 hour days, right? The, the one year turns into a year and a half or the two turns into three that you've seen so much and, and you can share and you can bring value. So I think the young people, what I would advise, develop a passion for what you're doing. Develop a passion for what you're doing. And if you can't develop that passion, Find something that you can develop a passion for what you're doing. Once you have that passion, you will be good at it. You will develop the talent necessary. And only then could you sit on boards and give back. You can't sit on boards, but the boards you could sit on, if you're willing to do so at a very young age without the 35 years experience, smaller boards, philanthropic boards, start with the philanthropic boards where you say, hey, I can call a few donors here, collect some money for this philanthropy, collect some money for this great cause for this evening. Call your friends, get your friends involved. So leadership, leadership is important. It's, it's, uh, and, and take the leadership, get into boards where you can donate, you know, grow your network because growing your network is key. Growing your network is key. You have to grow your network. You have to get to know people. You have to develop that intimacy with people. You know, at times they'd go out, people would go out and say, well, I gave out 50 business cards last night or it was a great event. It's not about the 50 business cards. It's about developing instant intimacy with the people you're going to meet. Those people have to leave that evening or that event saying, hey, seems like I've known Tony all my life. Wow, I'll call him back. That was a lot of fun. And don't forget, you're asking me the questions I'm talking now. I'm passionate about it, as you can see. But a good call or a good conversation is 80% listening. People want to tell you their story. They want to share their accomplishments. They want to share their objectives. And this is what we forget to do many times today. People will talk, 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 but they won't listen. They won't ask the question. At the Senate, as you see from my, from my interventions, when I post, most of the time, a lot of times, I'm asking the question. I'm asking questions. Then we'll write a report. We'll make observations. We'll make recommendations. Sometimes we make we might make amendments to the to the to the law to the bill being proposed. But what's key? Key is you must listen. You must listen. And it's not easy to do that. It's a it's 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 a talent that has to be developed. It, it's it's you have to be curious. You have to want to learn from the other person. And and that is so key. If, uh, I would measure intelligence. Or hire people when I was at the bank based on their curiosity at times. Well, they have to have the fundamentals. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to hire a doctor to be a banker. They have to have the fundamentals. But once you were down to the last two, three, or four, you would say, who's got the most curiosity? Who's asking the most questions? And why? Because if you're curious, 
you will learn, you will develop, and you will grow. Well, we're amazing of what you just said, but we're going to change a little bit of subject. And I wanted to know, um, what are the, you know, some of the significant obstacles you have faced during your career and how did you overcome them? Wow. If we, um, yeah, I want to say one thing. At times people today will get discouraged by their failures. We feel we live in a perfect world and we listen to speeches, aim for the top. We got to aim for the top and go for the, give it your all and go for the go. But at times you're, go, you're going to fail. And when you reach 60, you realize you are who you are. Not only because of your successes, but also because you learned from your failures. And when I look back, there's many things, and we could talk about it for a long time. There's many things that, uh, you know, the, the, you've got to go by your set of values. Those are non-negotiable. Integrity is never negotiable. Responsibility. You have to show responsibility all throughout. Service. You have to be service to others. It's about being there for others, not just yourself. It's always about everybody else. Service. Uh, it's, it's about collaboration and teamwork. You know, it's about collaborating. It's about diversity, too, in a certain way. Because if you're going, many people say, I need a mentor. You don't need one. You need 10 mentors. And if you're going to ask for advice, it's important. Just like a board, I talked about the boards. You need diversity. Well, you need diversity in your mentors too. You need diversity, it has to be one of your values. Because if you're asking the same people that think just like you, they're all, they obviously will have the same opinion as you. So you have, you have to have diversity in your environment where you can talk to someone and they'll say, hey, and maybe sometimes you'll ask 10 mentors, and nine will tell you one thing, but there's going to be one mentor that's going to tell you something different. And you'll have that ha-ha moment. Say, oh, boy, I didn't think about that. That is, that is an intelligent piece of information or a, a, an incredible statement. And, and I should listen to that advice. So I would do that in my career. Uh, and I would ask 10 people. And at times, I would make my own decision. The decision was mine because why? I had the accountability. I had the responsibility. I was the one giving the service. But at the end, I would listen to everybody, make up my own mind, and take my own decision. The obstacles? Well, if I look back, I started work at 13 when my dad says, you got to know the value of a dollar. You're going to work part-time in a bakery, a huge bakery. Here you are, a kid, working with adults, shyness, you're shy. Uh, it's you're out of your comfort zone. So I do recommend to all of you get out of your comfort zone, grow. That will allow you to grow. So you're there. And the obstacle is, you know, here I am 13, 14, 15. I, I, I've worked there almost until the end of university. And, and you're with adults. You're having adult conversations. Sometimes you might say something where the adult says, that's not important. If the Montreal Canadiens get eliminated on the first round, it, it, it's not the end of the world. To me, it was the end of the world, you know, jokingly. But to them, it wasn't. And you realize, I say, well, and you realize, how come they, how come so-and-so doesn't like sports? And, I, you know, you're young, you follow sports religiously. Or so-and-so doesn't like, you know, pop music. I love pop music. And you start to realize that everybody has a mind of their own. They have their own passions, their own ways of reasoning. Uh, and we have to collaborate and get along with, with each other. And then when you obstacles, I started in the audit firm, accounting firm way back in 1984. And, 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 and you realize those are obstacles in itself, learning, you know, uh, 
then later on, attracting, getting new clients, building a network, which coming from a humble background, I did not have a network. How do you build a network? We didn't have social media that you have today. So how do you build a network? One telephone call at a time, one outing at a time, one friend at a time, or I say friend, but one acquaintance at a time. And sometimes you'd get a lot of failures. You get a lot of people saying, I don't want to come to the event. Or, or a lot of people would, 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 would say, well, yeah, listen, it's a nice initiative, but it doesn't do anything for me, right? So it's, it's obstacle after obstacle. And I, I've said it often that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lewis Terman did a great thesis that lasted 40 years. And in his thesis that lasted 40 years, he took the top 1,600, close to 1,600 students with the top marks in the U.S. universities. He followed them for 40 years. He wanted to know how many of those university students would succeed after 40 years in all the important elements and aspects of their lives. You know, relationships, health, financial health, uh, mental health, physical health, career, and other elements that were extremely important to him. How many would hit that exceptional elite level of those top students with the highest marks, less than 1% did. Then he took those that did hit that elite level. What did they have that the others didn't have? One was confidence, two was ambition, but most of all, it's perseverance. So you have to learn from your failures, keep moving on and strive for the top all the time, but learn from your failures. And and that's, that's, that's what we should be doing every single day. And from that, uh, you just answered my next question, actually, actually, it was, you know, what are the most valuable lessons you've learned during your professional journey? And how, you know, how did they shape your perspective on life? And I, I think you just said it, you know, learn from your mistake. But if you have another one, could you share with us, maybe? It's, it's learn from your mistakes. And, you know, I would say what, what I learned the most is always ask a corporation, don't be afraid to ask what you are aspiring to, what you would like. And you have to ask what you would like. And uh, sometimes we're in a corporation, we're doing good work, and we won't sit down and say, okay, these are my objectives. It's always about the corporation, don't get me wrong. But these are my objectives, and how can you help me achieve these objectives to the corporation, especially today, where I, I would say coaching is essential, getting the proper coaching, where do you want, where do you see yourself in five years? 10 years is a long time, but where do you see yourself in five years? How, how can I get the proper coaching to get where I want to be and sharing those ambitions? It's not asking the corporation, say, it's not asking, saying, hey, I want to be CEO of this corporation. No, it's sharing your ambitions, saying, I'd like to share. I, I'm sharing that I want to be a senior executive in this organization. Do you see me as a senior executive? And if you don't, why? What can I learn? What can you teach me? What can, how can you coach me to become one? And is that a possibility? Now, not everybody wants to be a senior executive. Not everybody wants to be a CEO. Not everybody wants to be uh, a vice chairman. But I'd say if you share those ambitions, not ask. You've got to, you're there for them. You're there for service. Remember the values, service. You're there to serve. You're there to serve the corporation, serve your clients, serve your coworkers. You're there to add value. But at the end of the day, you have to say, okay, if my ambition is to get to A, what am I missing to get to A? How can I get there? How can you help me get there? And what coaches can you give me for me to get there? And I assume we're talking to ambitious youngsters here that do want to get promoted in life, that do want to progress, 
And it's important to share those objectives, to share those, 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 those values, and to obtain the help you need to get there. Sometimes a corporation might say, I don't see you there. Well, why? What can I do to get there? What can I do to improve? And, you know, might be different things, different, different talents, depending where you are, depending what organization you're with, right? If you're a doctor and you say, I want to be chief surgeon of the cardiology institute, well, or the cardiology department in the hospital, I'll say, okay, you're, you are in the cardiology. We want you to do A, B, C, or then again, I'm, I'm talking about doctors. I have no idea what doctors do or what they want to do, but I'm using it as an example of saying, hey, if that's your goal, well, if that's what you want to achieve, there's elements, there's things you must do to get there. And there's coaches, mentors, teachers, lessons to be learned. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's an amazing perspective to have. You know, like you shouldn't go into a company or go into a community service or benevola um, um, in French, uh, expecting to be at the top in the next week. You have to show your worth, show your value. So I think that's an amazing perspective to have when you're uh, starting off uh, in the communities or in your field. Um, so we're going to switch the subject a little bit. I'm going to talk about your involvement in community services. So um, can you tell us a bit more about your involvement in community services and the initiatives you took and how, you know, in your words, how you think you impacted uh, the communities you uh, you worked with? Okay, well, you know, obviously we, we have to talk about the past because right now the the volunteer work I do do at the current time is only with with the Senate, right? So I'm, I'm the, the chair of the Interparliamentary uh, group on the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, newly acclaimed chair, uh, and and there's other areas where I'm working on at the Senate that I do some voluntary work with the Senate always, uh, but um, but in the past, oh wow, I can look at different things in the past. I mean, uh, uh, for example, if I look at uh, the concert against cancer, le concert contre le cancer for the Montreal Cancer Institute. We started a concert for the Montreal Cancer Institute where we started from scratch. We wanted to, to stop the brain drain from the Montreal Cancer Institute and keep the doctors in Quebec by giving them bursaries. And guess what? Years later, huge success. We've, we've raised millions of dollars uh, and, and it's been a huge success and to stop the brain drain. To, 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 to put the money, not only the brain drain, but put the money into research, more than the brain drain, put the money into cancer research. Give the doctors bursaries for cancer research. And I'm extremely proud of that. You know, we, we managed to, to, for the Montreal Cancer Institute, help them big time for the Montreal Cancer Institute. And, and, and that was a huge help. And, and there's many different associations with similar stories. Uh, such as the Montreal Cancer Institute. I, I sat on many boards, and if, if you look at my profile on LinkedIn, you'll see all the boards that I've sat on. Uh, on the Jewish General Hospital, honorary treasurer for many, many years. On the Concordia University Board of Governors for the McGill University uh, research on cancer research there too, the Goodman Gala on cancer research. We raised millions of dollars for cancer research. Well, cancer research needs needs funding and we raised millions of dollars for cancer research there too. So uh, raising funds for cancer research, uh, uh, you know, that, 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 that was essential. Uh, you know, my first ones was one of the Montreal Cardiology Institute, which was one of the top cardiology institutes in the world. And uh, we did galas. I was president in the year 2003 and 2004. We're going back a few years now, almost 20 years. I was president way back then. Yeah. And we would do galas and raise 
funds and funding for the Montreal Cardiology Institute, l'Institut de Cardiologie de Montréal. And we will get bursaries to the doctors. And, and one of the doctors today is the head of the institute. We gave him a nice bursary to complete his studies, to continue his studies, to do the research. And, and one of the doctors is one of the heads uh, in the institute. So when you look back and you look at the doctor, where he's reached, and you say, well, I had a little something to do with it. I, I helped out a little bit. And cancer research, you look at the funding that's going into cancer research, which, which is so essential and needed at this point in time. And, and you know that. You made a, you made a contribution there, and uh, the concert contre le cancer is still ongoing. It's a concert we started, and uh, and it will continue to be there for the Montreal Cancer Institute and many other. I, I'm mentioning the Montreal Cancer Institute, but I can men, I can we can talk about this for half an hour. I've been so involved on a philanthropic level uh, in Montreal, in Quebec, in Canada. It's been it's been uh, when I look back. It's, uh, it's it's a nice it's a nice ride that uh, we've had in in contributing to communities, which is important because Jackie Robinson, a great baseball player, you, you guys are too young. He played for the Montreal Royals. He had a quote and saying the true meaning of a life is the impact it has on other lives, and you have to impact other lives in a positive way, and getting involved with your communities, not only important to help clients thrive. You have to help communities prosper. And how do you help communities prosper? Get involved, make a difference, and, and, and do what has to be done to help our, our institutions, our associations, our nonprofit organizations, our researchers move forward, improve the quality of life of Canadians. Mm -hmm. So something that I love that you said is something along the lines of, uh, it was fun, it was an amazing journey, and I feel like the, w when you have though like that many responsibilities and you're working on that many boards and uh, helping that many communities, you need to, like you said, have passion and actually sort of have fun um, in what you do. And you know, with all that work um, that you, all the work you've done working in the, the 21 boards, all the communities you've helped, and, uh, and the work as a senior bank executive. Don't forget that was my full-time job, right? The senior bank executive. Yeah. The 21 boards was all of them. We're, we're, we're almost voluntary, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, you were voluntary. All of them were voluntary. I think there was one board at the end where it was a paying board, which I had authorized and approved. It was a grow a, a startup company. It was one board, but all the other boards were all voluntary boards. We were there as volunteers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. And, um, you know, with all the, the work that you've done that I mentioned, what, you know, what motivate, like what motivate you? And, you know, how did you keep that motivation or that drive to keep going throughout all uh, your journey and all those years of uh, hard work? Like what, what has kept you going? You have to love people. Mm -hmm. if, if I'd have to say in one sentence, you have to love people. You have to love going out at night. If, if going out to a gala, you say, oh, it's a gala. I'm shy. Am I going to, who am I going to talk to? Nobody's going to talk to me. I loved people. I loved going out at the end. I started shy. I started as an introvert, ended as an extrovert, you know, kind of overcame that shyness by the time I was in my mid-20s. I could say mid-20s, early 30s even. And you overcome that shyness because you have to. You have to in the job you're doing. You have to, you have to go out there. You have to meet people. You have to, you have to discuss, uh, even if you're discussing banking or, you know, you have to discuss deals. You have to discuss, ask good questions. So you, you, you overcome that shyness and it's love of people, going out, loving people. That's what's key. Uh, and and, and yeah. the key is there. The key is there is loving the people. And, uh, and, and, and when you go out, you want to know that, hey, I'm meeting Mr. So-and-so. I'm meeting Mr. So, Mrs. So-and-so tonight. I'm meeting 
and always on a professional level, but creating that bond that you want to know what's going on with each other. What are you doing? What are you working on? What will you work on next? How can I help you? How can you help me? And it, there mm -hmm. has to be that passion. If that passion is not there, that motivation is not there. And the passion doesn't come from a deal, doesn't come from numbers, doesn't come from, 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 from money. Uh, although if you are good, money does find you. It doesn't come from money. It comes from people. It comes from having the will to help people, having a personal satisfaction that when you've helped people, you've accomplished something. And if your purpose is helping people, well, that's that's when you do what you do and, and when you are successful at it and why you are successful at it, because you have that purpose, you have that passion, you want to help people, you want people to succeed. You're satisfied that people are making it happen and, and, and you've seen them grow like their businesses and banking. We would yeah. make a loan and you'd see the business grow. And why do you say, wow, we helped out there. We have a little contribution we made. Sometimes it was a big contribution because it was a big loan, but you know, they've grown, they're successful, they're prosperous, they're creating jobs, they're, they're creating wealth for families, for the country, for the province. That's when you say, mission accomplished. And with all those years, what do you think is your proudest achievement in your whole career? Getting to the, you know, when I walk into the Canadian Senate, the chamber, I pinch myself and I say, well, how does a little guy like me make it all the way here, you know? So uh, that, 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 you can't match that. I don't know what you do for an encore. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty, you know, important. And uh, for the last question, uh, already the last one, but um, throughout your career, you have worked with, you know, various people. And can you tell us about someone who has had significant influence on your work and what qualities did they possess that made them an inspiring colleague or partner? Well, if I name one senator or one government official or one prime minister or uh, or one colleague, they, they'll, they'll be hundreds calling me and saying, hey, how come you didn't name me? Uh, there's been so many. There's been so many. But let me go back. I think I think that, you know, there's been a lot of teachers and professors that I've had over the years that they were inspiring and they've influenced me tremendously. And I go back to you know, one of my high school teachers, you know, she passed away, Mrs. Riga. And she was a great teacher. I went to a public high school, the English Montreal School Board. We didn't have to go to a private school, the public high school. And uh, she would tell me all the time, Tony, you know, you've got, everybody's getting a little piece of you. But you have to study more. Although you have a good average, you have, you know, in her class, I think my average was 85, which I thought it was sufficient. I said, you know, she goes, no, it's not how good you're doing. It's how good you could be doing. And I know your average, you're satisfied with the 85. I don't want that. I want you to be a 95 student. I know you can do it. And, and that's when she said, those words still stick in my mind and have for so long. That's not how well you're doing. It's how well you could be doing. So even if you're doing well, how much better could you be doing if you're passionate about what you're doing, if you work a little harder, if you try a little harder, if you're engaged a little more? And, you know, balance is important today. You have to balance. You can't just, you know, we always uh, say, oh, give it all and we're going to aim for the stars, reach for the top. Well, not everybody's, not everybody's meant for the top. 
but do the most you can do with the talent you have. If you've given it your all and you've optimized what you can accomplish, then I think you should be satisfied and happy. Because today we stay with social media, with the internet, we feel everybody should be perfect. Let's aim for perfection. Well, perfection doesn't exist. Aim to give everything you've got, to do the most that you can do. And once you've gotten there, learn and try to get a step higher. But like I said, I've learned from my failures more than I've learned from my successes. And success is like failure. You put it in your pocket, keep walking forward. Don't look back on your successes. Don't look back on your failures, except for what you've learned. So that's important. But uh, that, that, that's what it is, I think, in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a super powerful way of seeing things. Um, I think if like young people that are watching this episode and are, if, if they could take one thing from this is to really, like you said, to have a balance in what you do, but also do the best that you can and don't uh, look back on your failures or look back just on your successes because you have to be humble and you have to also um, really con con continue working hard. And be satisfied with your accomplishments. Be happy. Mm -hmm. Show gratitude. Today we very seldom show gratitude. Be happy and show gratitude to the people that helped you accomplish what you have accomplished. And aim for better. Yes, strive for the best to be the best. But at one point, you have to develop. My, remember my th three things. Confidence, ambition, perseverance. Mm -hmm. You have to develop that confidence. And in order to develop that confidence, you have to be satisfied with your accomplishments. And regardless how small they are today or how small they were yesterday, you have to be satisfied with those accomplishments. So be satisfied with your accomplishments, aim for better, have the ambition, but most of all, the perseverance to get through your failures and achieve much, much, much more. Well, thank you for being here with us today, Mr. Lopreda. Um, Charles and I had an amazing time having discussion with you. Our gratitude goes out to you um, for taking the time to actually uh, have this, this discussion. And, you know, we were able to just to extract amazing value for the fans and for the people that are watching at home. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you uh, from me, from Charles and from Noah. And, uh, yeah, for everybody watching, stay tuned next week for our exclusive interview with entrepreneur Vincent Gautreaux. Uh And, yeah, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.